Welcome to Love Your Reports. I'm Paul Felix, your host, and this is episode 26. So before I get into this episode, I got to apologize for my missed episodes over the past few weeks. I did come down with COVID and it kind of knocked me off my feet for a little while. And then I was basically just coughing. So it wouldn't have been a pleasant experience for anybody to have me doing a podcast. But I am going to continue these podcasts. I do apologize for the missed episodes there. Probably won't be doing these every single week, but I am going to keep these going indefinitely. So thank you for continuing to stay tuned. So this week, I want to talk about categories of reports. We've talked about this briefly in other episodes, but I want to focus specifically today on the types of report categories that we create. And look, these are just, you know, how we define these categories at Leafball BI, but I think it is useful to really categorize your reports in these different groups because it just gives you a better understanding of what you're talking about. It also makes it clearer what type of value these reports are adding. And I think that'll make more sense as we go through this episode. All right. So, you know, what we're not talking about here are the characteristics of reports. Like we're not trying to categorize in ways like custom reports or ad hoc reports or pagination or detail or summary, mobile reports. You know, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about kind of a more broad category of report categorization here. So let's jump in. The first type of report or category of report is monitoring reports. These are the most common types of reports. I think it's what most people think about when you talk about business intelligence in general is monitoring reports. These are the reports that are used by all different departments and organizations. You know, executives are going to have their executive dashboards. Each department will have their reports, like sales team will have a sales report. Operations might have production reports. And it gets more focused as well, like finance might have a waterfall report. There's all sorts of monitoring reports. But the objective of these types of reports is monitoring. Tell me what's going on in the business. Primarily, it's a backward-looking view. What happened over the past day or week or month or quarter or year? How do those trends look? And because of that, these reports are often monitored on those same intervals. Most people that come in and they're responsible for a particular business process, they are looking at their reports at least daily to figure out what happened the prior day. You know, what's the results of the efforts of the prior day or the prior week and so on. These reports are very tightly tied typically to the company's goals. The key performance indicators that are on these reports are often direct reflections of the company's goals. So if a company says they want to meet certain revenue goals in this next year, and they break that down by month, and maybe they compare it to a budget or a forecast, you know, that's a key performance indicator. That type of thing would be on these monitoring type reports. There's all kinds of KPIs, of course. You know, you monitor quantity, you monitor quality, but all of those sorts of things are going to be on monitoring reports. Now, these reports manifest themselves in all sorts of different ways, meaning they could be dashboards, they could be reports with drill-throughs, they could be mobile reports, right? I'm not giving the characteristics of the actual report. I'm just saying the broad category of reporting here is what I would just call monitoring. And really, if you think about monitoring reports, every business has monitoring reports. If you don't have monitoring reports, it would be like, you know, driving your car without a dashboard. You don't even know how fast you're going. Or maybe a better analogy would be flying a plane without the gauges. You don't have an altimeter. 
you know how high you are, right? You've got to at least monitor your business and your business process. To me, that's step one. Before you move into any of these other categories of reporting, monitoring is essential. Now, how do monitoring reports get created? Well, often business applications will have some amount of basic monitoring type reports in them. If you have a finance system, QuickBooks or a a fancy ERP system includes finance, whatever it is, it's going to have some type of financial reports. And those are essentially monitoring reports. If you want to know what your profit was for the prior quarter, you can pull up your P&L, right? The same is true for other types of systems. If you're in insurance, you've got a policy admin system. Well, that policy admin system likely has some type of policy summary report in it. If you're in healthcare and you're pulling up your health record system, there's likely something in there that gives you some indication of the volume of patients that you're seeing on a daily basis. So monitoring reports could be a report that simply comes out of your business application without any modification, because these are the types of reports that are very easy to predict that there's going to be a need for them. We know if you're in sales, you're going to want to track how much sales you're doing, right? It's kind of a no brainer. So when you go into your CRM system, it's going to have some basic can reporting in there that's going to give you sales trends. Great. Now you know where you're at. That's a monitoring report. Now, it's not that business applications fulfill this need all of the time. They fulfill the basic need, but monitoring reports go a lot further beyond can reporting that business applications will generate for you. If you have multiple business applications, well, then obviously you can't get a single report out of any one of those business applications that gives you a full view of the business. And even if you just have one business application, it's often not the case that the simple monitoring reports that come with the business applications are going to actually be in line with the goals of your company and specifically presenting the KPIs that you're interested in tracking. So monitoring reports are essential. Most companies have some level of monitoring, but it's really the very first thing that I believe an organization needs to tackle because without monitoring, you don't really know the results of your efforts. Okay, so group number two or category number two of reports is what I would call exception reports. And as the name implies, these types of reports are going to tell you when something unexpected happened or maybe not unexpected, but something that you don't want to happen happened. Something out of the ordinary happens. This comes up in a lot of different ways, but as a couple of examples, you might have simple data entry exceptions. You know, we just talked about monitoring reports. Those reports are essentially based on data entry. And if you have an error in your data entry side of things, well, then the report's going to be wrong. So you need reports to tell you when things are out of the threshold that they should be in. Let me try to give an example there. So sales reports. Sales reports going to depend on your CRM system, let's say. And that CRM system is going to have opportunities in it. And someone's got to put dates in for when they think that those opportunities are going to close. Well, if someone puts a date into a sales opportunity that is 10 years into the future, well, there's probably a problem there, you know, assuming this is not a 10-year sales cycle, which it might be sometimes. But if that's not the case, well, then that's an exception. Someone just simply mistyped the year on an opportunity And that's going to end up causing a problem in the sales report when you're trying to show the forecasted sales. So an exception report would flag that sort of thing and allow someone to go in and correct it 
of course, without having to go through every single piece of data that's been entered, we can actually focus on the problem areas and get that corrected. Now, that's just one type of exception report. There are just many types of exception reports. You could really take any process and figure out, well, what is out of range here? And is that an important piece of information that we want to know? It's not always data entry, of course, right? There's many different types of exceptions. If you're thinking about, well, let's talk about claims processing. So if you're processing a claim, you want to know certain things like if it's taking too long to get between the receipt of a claim and the filing of a claim. You know, when you file claims with insurance companies, you've got limits on how far beyond the service date that they will actually honor that claim. So it's important that claims get filed within a certain amount of time from the service being rendered. So an exception report that tells you, hey, we're getting close to the limit here. This is going beyond what we're comfortable with. So let's take action on this particular claim now so it doesn't actually exceed this agreed upon maximum amount of time that the insurance company will honor. Another example of exception report might be in insurance if you're seeing that your quoting process is taking too long. So you might have an exception report that says, you know, here's all of my applications which is just a form where people apply for an insurance policy. Here's all of my applications that they're still in application status or submitted status, and they have not been quoted, and a month has lapsed, right? So this is one month has lapsed, and these policies have not yet been quoted. That's an exception because they should have been quoted, let's say, within the first 14 days, whatever the numbers might be. So there's all sorts of exception reports. The idea here is... Let's find the things that we want to make sure are, you know, within a certain threshold and create a report that focuses exactly on that thing. Now, the nice thing about exception reports is they're usually very actionable. You know, here's your exception report. Here's the process that has exceeded our threshold. Here's what needs to be done to correct those items. Great. Let's go correct those items. Next day, we get the report again. Those things are no longer on the exception report. Usually, the idea is your exception report has nothing on it. In that case, you know everything is within range. Okay, so that's category number two. Number one is just basic monitoring reports. Number two is exception reports. Now I'm going to get into category number three, and these are in no particular order, and that is data feeds. So I would say most people don't even think of this as a report, but they certainly are. You know, in business intelligence, we are providing data to all sorts of endpoints. You know, we're providing data to people, of course, and we're providing data to systems. And these systems may be basically other business intelligence solutions that have other objectives. An example of this would be, well, I talk about insurance again. If you have a claims processing company, And that claims processing company needs to know what type of coverage has been purchased by an insured. Well, if that claims processing company is a third party, right, they don't have access to your policy admin system, they're going to need some type of coverage verification. Well, in this case, for one client that I'm thinking of, we built a web service that collects data from the data warehouse. And the coverage verification company can then make a request programmatically for information on a particular policy. And this web service will return the details of that policy. I'm simplifying this greatly. But at the end of the day, this is a data feed. It's a real-time data feed, but it's still just a data feed. There's all sorts of data feeds. 
one of the most common types is just simple flat files that are sent via FTP. It's very common. You might have a CSV or, uh, you know, any type of delimited file or fixed width file that you send out to some third party because, you know, they're a partner or they're in some way involved in your operations. These data feeds are essentially just reports that are most often consumed by systems. So data feeds is a third category. Again, this is very broad. There's all sorts of data feeds. You could even consider exporting data from front-end reporting systems like Power BI or Tableau to be a data feed if that feed is being sent to some other system or it's being manipulated in some additional way from the actual report that was created. All right, so that's three categories there, monitoring reports, exception reports, and data feed reports. Now I'm going to get into the fourth category, the final category, and this is what I just call business process optimization. Now, business process optimization reports, it's kind of a long category name, couldn't think of anything shorter there, but this is where you're really starting to focus on adding value with your business reports. And that's not to say that you're not adding value with your monitoring reports, your exception reports, your data feed, right? You are. Again, you can extrapolate the value from your monitoring reports in a lot of different ways. You could say, well, if I'm flying this plane without gauges, there's a good chance I'm going to crash. So I'm going to attribute all of the value of the organization to these reports. That's one way to look at it. Or you could probably compare it to whatever reporting you had prior to this business intelligence solution. Maybe you're building reports manually and you're comparing the manually built reports to the business intelligence solution reports and just simply looking at the value of eliminating all the manual efforts in favor of an automated solution, right? There's a value proposition there. Anyway, each of these categories of reports have value to offer, absolutely. But when you talk about business process optimization, it's usually a lot clearer about you know, how you measure that value. Because here we're saying, okay, we got this particular business process and this business process requires that we do A, B, C, you know, then we got a decision point, then we'd go down a branch there. So it could be a simple business process, a one-step business process, or it could be a very complex business process. So an example of a business process report would be one that works you know, with the business process. Like I'm thinking about a healthcare company that we work with. They do a lot of what they call WIP reporting, work in process reporting. And it's kind of a long story, which most of these business process reports are very focused on you know, your particular situation. They're not can reports usually in any way, shape or form. So I'm going to simplify this and just say that if you have a work in process, right, in this case, we're talking about orthotics, if you're having to build something, manufacture something, and then interface with a client or a patient, and then you do follow-ups and then you do claims, right? There's a lot of things that happen in this business process. And at each phase of that process, there's information that people need in order to carry out that next step or to know which next step to carry out. And that's where these business process optimization reports are extremely important. If you don't have these reports, what usually happens is people in the field that are carrying out these processes are having to go into your business systems, either click around to try to collect all sorts of different information from various places, maybe multiple systems, maybe one system, but not easily accessible. And then they're going to have to cobble that information together on their own and then move forward with the results of that. 
that may be an easy thing to do. It may be a difficult thing to do. When it's a difficult thing to do, well, that's where these business process optimization reports are extremely valuable. You know, in a lot of cases, they can actually eliminate <laughs> entire roles by just automating these well-prepared reports that are focused on particular business processes. You know, for me, this is the type of reporting I get the most excited about because this is where, you know, really you can understand the value in business intelligence really, really easily because you have a before and after, right? Usually these business processes are in place. You know, it's not like we're designing them most of the time from scratch. Usually they're in place and then we're trying to make them more efficient. So you've got a benchmark here. You know what it takes to do this thing without these business process optimization reports. And if we can now add this report in there and enable these people that are interacting with this business process to be more efficient, now you can see the results that simply delivering a report made to that overall business process. And again, this is the area that I get most excited around because you can actually take processes that took people a lot of manual work to pull together. That It's really required work that has to be done in order to complete this business process and just automate that whole thing and enable that person to do something more valuable, right? Instead of pulling this report together for a week and then using it for a day, well, now we got this person in a situation where we can give them that report on demand anytime you got the report, now you can go do what needs to be done to actually add value. An example of this would be shrink reporting. I was working for a client that has to maintain inventory, so shrink management is a part of the business process. And while you can't automate the manual counts required to do a shrink analysis, you can do things to actually identify problem areas of shrink. Right. If you have a simple store that has five products, that's easy, right? You can do that without a lot of work. But when you have many, many stores, we'll just call them stores, and all of those stores have inventory, well, now you got a more complicated problem because you got different margins on all of that inventory. You got different quantities of that inventory, and each of those pieces of inventory are shrinking in different ways, right? You got perishables, you got things that are just walking off the shelf, you got process errors, paperwork errors. It's really important to know what type of shrink is most impactful to your business and focus on those things so you can do what needs to be done. In this case, it's chargebacks, making sure that you know, you're holding people accountable for the inventory that they're actually maintaining. Okay, so that's category number four, business process optimization reports, and that's the final category. Within these four, there's all kinds of derivations, by the way. Right. You can have a exceptional report that may actually be involved in monitoring. You can have a data feed that's part of business process optimization, right? But these are the primary categories, or at least how I think about the categories of reporting. You got monitoring, exceptions, data feeds, and then business process optimization. All right, I'm gonna leave it there this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with me, you can. My email address is paul at loveyourreports.com. You can find me on Twitter at Paul B. Felix. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week.